sensua eterni, sensua eterni, corda nostra solum tibi, corda nostra solum tibi, sensua eterni. Hello and good evening. My name is Josh. I'm joined as always by Aaron and Bob. With the voice behind the method of madness, reason and the unreasonable makes sense out of nonsense because this is okay. Hear me out. Aaron and Bob, how y'all do this evening? Good. Uh, Let's right. fucking get the Legion together. <laughs> storm some shit. Ready to march on Jerusalem. Yeah. <laughs> how are you guys doing tonight? What topic do we have on hand? Good. If, if we were going to recruit some Legionnaires, where would they call, Bob? To uh... Oh, perfect, perfect. They would call into 1-833-666-911. Again, that's 1-833-666-0911. Perfect. It's perfect every that time. Cool. Right on brand. Love it. We're going to have... I have a legion in no time. <laughs> I know Bobby's in. <laughs> but. But what? Where do you want to start? How do you want to start this? Well, Jesus, don't do such an abrupt. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> on to you, Bob. What would you like? <laughs> How would you like to go about this? This high-pitched lead into this sentence. Yeah, there was a <laughs> long period of dead air. I'm just trying to fill it, so. No, I know. I just wanted to tease you. Um, <laughs> Should we start chanting in Latin too? Like that, that's a thing we can do. It's pretty cool harmonies with three people. So for episode one hundred and nine, we thought it'd be fun to do another number themed thing because you know how much we love our gematria here. Oh, dude, like Area Fifty One, except one hundred and nine. Yep. Yeah, exactly like that. So let's go to the ADL. What does one hundred and nine mean on the ADL's page here? Uh-oh. The number 109 is white supremacist numeric shorthand for an anti-Semitic claim that Jews have been expelled from 109 different countries. Various anti-Semites have compiled lists of alleged Jewish expulsions ranging from 100 to more than 1,000 in number. But the figure 109 is the most commonly cited and probably originates with a list of 109 locations appearing on a long-standing Australian anti-Semitic website. So, literally all it does is, is it shows different places that Jews have been expelled from for throughout various history. reasons. Yeah, from, throughout <laughs> history. I mean, they talk about all the time that they're constantly, for I mean, no reason at all, being expelled from countries. So it's not like, I mean, it's not racist to cite a historical fact you know what i mean there, there's a handful of reasons i wouldn't say there's various reasons i mean it's it's various <laughs> reasons and they're all the same like five things <laughs> <laughs> but lucky for the, you guys the listeners we're going to show you how all of these allegations are false and don't line up with anything that you might see in today's society with our lovely jewish brethren so then you'll know that this is just anti-Semitic propaganda and in no way reflects reality. I mean, that, that's really at the core of a lot of conspiracy theories is just lack of education. But, you know, we, the three of us sat down, we, we put the work in, actually read up on, you know, some of these expulsions. And we, we can tell you uh, veritably some that... Some of the funnier ones? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're right. Lack of education, Josh. That's why I read directly from the ADL, so that we can be properly educated on this topic. And I don't want us to be dangerously... We don't, we don't want to enter the territory of being... Uh, or the anti-Semitic point of no return. Don't want to hit that. <laughs> don't worry. I don't think we're Very close. dangerous to ourselves no and No way. Yeah, wow, we're... give it time, Bob. <laughs> well, this, is, this is our rep, like, uh, our restorative episode, our reparations episode, so we can get back into the safe, like... Oh, maybe JFK was shot from a grassy knoll sort of uh, territory. Yeah, if we don't know history, we're doomed to repeat it. God, I hope we repeat it. But you know what? Strike the, we, we need to not <laughs> learn about this. Don't left. teach anyone this so that we're doomed to repeat this. <laughs> I was going to say. I've never been so enthusiastic about being doomed before. <laughs> I was going to say, we're going to forego everything like leading up to the Roman Empire because they got it, like Jerusalem got invaded, like. Two dozen times, like there's just so many, so many accounts of of Roman being... hard in seventy C. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. But yeah, we we thought we just lo we're looking at some of these obscure ones we never really lo looked at. It was actually legitimately, all jokes aside, it's very interesting. So 
we each picked out like one that caught our eye and we might just bring in these stories from this list of 109 <laughs> every so often and share ones that we find amusing for whatever reason. Cause you don't really get to hear this on other podcasts cause no one will even touch any subject historical current at all about Judaism. Unless it's the only way you can bring them up is if you go and no one suffered more than them and we should give them all of our money. If it's not that like sentence, then if that's not the conclusion, you cannot talk about them where you won't be like sued into the ground by the ADL and some bankroll hire an assassin to take you out. Aaron, and as uh, misfortunate as it may be, this isn't like the tales from the Holocaust where, you know, the Holocaust is over. There are still Jews around in various countries around the world and still opportunities for them to be kicked out of those countries. So who knows? In like oh, six months from now, we we may have new stories to tell. Well, this. that's well, true. not in places like Libya or Somalia or Afghanistan, because what was it? the last reports, the last Jew left Libya in 2003 contacts with the last two Jews in Somalia were lost in 2010. And the last Jew left Afghanistan in 2021. So they won't be expelling anyone. <laughs> Are just people like endangered species or something? Like, <laughs> hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. I have this crazy idea. What if, what if we lived in this alternate history where in 1947, they, a bunch of countries came together and signed a treaty and in international law where they gave Jews a safe place to reside? Uh, kind of like Antarctica for penguins. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like that, except you can actually go there. <laughs> so josh let's start off with the one that you had we'll go chronologically here what the what one caught your eye of all these tales tales of expulsion <laughs> uh, i want to talk about the most the most successful expulsion which kept jews out of the country for 365 years crazy isn't it base uh this is this is this is the Edict of Expulsion um, in England in uh, 1290 by King Edward I. So, I mean, a little bit of background kind of going before that in uh, 1066, you know, right after William the Conqueror had taken over uh, England, done his whole thing. He invited some uh, Jewish communities back from uh, a town in you know northwestern France, you know, nearby Normandy and all that, if to, uh, to come and settle in his new territory of England. But ultimately, the premise was that they had the capital and the money to help you know, boost the economy and actually pay for all of this shit from uh, his new uh, English subjects. Can I ask so, a question? Uh, yeah, yes. You're saying William the Conqueror invited them? Yes. Why? Why? <laughs> Like, uh, <laughs> you know, right. believing, believing in their commercial skills and incoming capital, or believing that the commercial skills and incoming capital would make England more prosperous, William the Conqueror invited a group of Jewish merchants from Rowan, Rowan in Normandy to England in 1070. Dude, I swear, I wonder, now, just, this is how it sounds to me, William the Conqueror was funded by an anonymous benefactor. Well... I'm just going to say that this is like an, uh, an ongoing trend with, with how these things start because I have a very similar story regarding my topic of how it okay. all started working out being like, oh, hey, like, there's just a bunch of merchants. Like, we're, we can make a bunch of money off of this. And yeah. Yeah, is. there's always a king. <laughs> he takes over a place and then he's like, and then randomly, I invited this very specific group of foreigners in to run all the commerce. And you're like, what? 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 Did you? Did they <laughs> give you the money from the start? And then we didn't write about this in the history books. But anyways, keep going. Um. So so that seemed to be going, you know, uh, pretty well for a while. And uh, the, the Jewish people there in England at the time, they they had. After after a while, they were um, kind of given equal treatment under the law, and even some special exceptions at times. Um, England it was still under kind of a lord system; they they were kind of external from that, had some freedom of travel, blah blah blah. And um, but but then ultimately, over the next couple hundred years, they full ended up uh, filling in the stereotypical role for Jews. So at that <laughs> point, um, going into the the mid twelve hundreds. Um, the church strictly forbade the lending of money for profit. Um, so some loans with interest. Yep, and, banning usury is based. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, it, it the the banks and the interest high interest loans they have to come from somewhere. 
So obviously the non-Christians would fill that fill that void, fill that vacuum in the economy, and uh, they the Jews would be the one gives, ones giving out the loans with interest. And you know it's uh, fulfilling a necessary part of the economy, but it's also very a uh, very unsavory, very um, you know disliked role in the world as well. Wait, why hmm. did they take that role after usury was banned? What? How did they? sustain sustain themselves because usually you're going to have loans with no usury it's like you're more investing in companies for one like for part ownership or you are or the loan is coming from a, a government body that's so that peasants can like a peasant with nothing can buy a house and have a chance to pay it back basically where it gets all paid back to the government. So like, how did this, how did this work? Why did they jump at this opportunity? Cause it feels like maybe there was some usury going on. Um, my understanding is it wasn't until, um, it, it was in the mid, like late 1200s that the usury laws were specifically applied on the Jewish lenders. Oh, uh, okay. There was the ah here here we go. Uh, the statute of Jewry, uh, the statute of the Jewry. Uh, was a statute issued by Edward the First, Edward the First of England in 1275. It placed a number of restrictions on Jews of England, most notably outlawing the practice of usury. Uh, there we go. He hmm. named the law after them. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he had to abolish. Instead, he had abolished interest. It couldn't have been like the statute of interest. It was the statute of Jewry, because Jewry is synonymous with interest rates. Are you fucking kidding? Even in twelve ninety. <laughs> okay, I know that this is just purely anti-Semitic nonsense, because that in no way reflects modern times. <laughs> Oh Jesus. Jesus Christ! It's so is that funny. because we we don't have is that because we don't have laws against high interest loans in modern times? Yeah, yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's why, John. It's, it's, isn't it insane though <laughs> that it's just something that's just like you can laugh it's, at because it's so true. It's just it, so it's a, funny. It's a constant throughout history. Like they've been this. Like they've acted for like a thousand this, years. For, yeah. <laughs> what else is constant like that? Well. Two thousand years. Let's be real. Not even the speed of the like, moon. Yeah, over two thousand years. Yeah, the speed years. of the moon has, isn't as constant as fucking Jewry interest rate. <laughs> oh shit! It fucking what? they outlast the cosmos. I think the theme of this episode is that it, you know if you're constantly talking about how people are mistreating you and they're always the asshole. There's always an asshole in your story. Like it's probably like you're probably the asshole in this situation. Like this, this is the theme of this whole episode today. Like, <laughs> Oh, this is so funny. Cause it's just so, uh, it's like, come on guys, it's your behavior. No. And that's the funniest part is like, no one's like, Oh my God, we need to kill the Jews. Like, no, that's in, like, no one's doing that. And like, no one, we don't, it's just that the, their leadership is just insane. It's constantly just, how do we control the money supply? It's, it's, it's like, stop doing that, please. <laughs> they just can't help them. So they can't do it. Oh, it's so brutal. So I, I just want to read a couple lines verbatim because I think they're, they're phrased very eloquently, very precisely. <clears throat> uh, by the time you return to England in 1289, King Edward was deeply in debt. The next summary, uh, summary summoned his knights to impose a steep tax. To make the tax more palatable, Edward, in exchange, essentially offered to expel all Jews. A heavy tax was passed. Three days later, blah, 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 edict of expulsion was issued. One official reason for the expulsion was that the Jews had declined to follow the statute of Jewry and continued to practice usury. This is quite likely, as it would have been extremely hard for many Jews to take up the respectable uh, occupations demanded by the statute. The edict of expulsion was widely popular and met with a little resistance, and the expulsion was quickly carried out. So he wanted to raise taxes, and in order for the peasants to have the money to pay the higher taxes, he needed to default their loans, basically, for them and kick out their loan holders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wanted to switch the... You figured the, it out, Bob. And he pulled his people out of debt just like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, that that then we had the the high middle ages and uh, 
England was great. Golden age. Yeah. 365 years. That- <laughs> Wait. Are you, is that- <laughs> well, like the, the, the thing that's funny about that is like that, that is because that's how it's supposed to work. Like that's how they teach you money works when you're in school is like you pay taxes to the government and the government builds roads and funds hospitals and the police and the everybody keeps you safe and that keeps society running. But like when it's run by the bankers, it's like, well, the government takes loans from a foreign entity that you pay 7% to. It's like, what? What? Why are we paying them at all? Well, they help the leaders get their seats and the oligarchy is kind of has backdoor deals with them and can make a bunch of money on the side and your government's corrupt and they're corrupt. It's like, and that's what was happening. And it gets to a point where they have to just tear it all down and start over because it, at some point your whole country is owned by a bank. And if you're the king, you want it to be owned by you. <laughs> well, uh, Aaron, Aaron, excuse you very much. America's owned by like three or four banks, not just a bank. <laughs> I think that's why the I think that's honestly why the banks started like implementing democracy, quote unquote, or these representative republics, because then they can't they don't ever have it where like they don't I don't think they like dictators that much. You know what I mean? Maybe in a shit country it, that they can bully. But if you're the bank, you want like a thousand leaders that you can bribe. So that when one speaks up, you can push them out with you have 999 people against one in the governing bodies. If it's a king, he might you might get a king comes in and is like, no, 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 we're not doing this bank thing anymore. And he literally just says, kill all of them. And that's what keeps happening throughout history. That's why they've got such a hold on it now. There's not a king anymore. We need to go back to kings. Well, they didn't always say, oh, let's kill all of them. Uh, I think they were pretty lenient in the fact that it's like, all right, you guys need to just just leave. Like that, that was, oh, yeah, no, I just, they just <laughs> confiscated all their shit and said, yeah. we're not paying you this money back anymore. You made enough. Get out of here. You don't own a bank anymore. You know, that's what they would say. Yeah. Uh, but, but fortunately, uh, coming into the mid 1600s, um, there were, there was a big resettlement movement and the Jews were welcomed back into England. So ultimately, there were a bunch of different uh, academic and religious movements at the time. And there was the, the Whitehall conference. Which ultimately, well, there there was there was some stuff too where they determined around that time it wasn't technically illegal for Jews to be in England or to to live and settle there. And then with the Whitehall Conference, they actually came up with uh, some sort of resettlement plan or readmission plan for various Jewish communities to uh to return or to to come into England. It was primarily led led by the Calvinist uh, Oliver Cromwell. Blah blah blah. There, there was some opposition from uh, merchants and clergymen for you know, competition and religious reasons. But for the most part, happily ever after. 1655, the Jews returned to England. And uh, I didn't scroll far enough down the list to see if they were ever kicked out again. <laughs> no, I think that, that, that was it for England um, for the most part. I'm at 1292, actually. Mine starts shortly around, the, or pretty much the same time. But out out of England, though, yeah. But looks like Wales and England kicked them out around the same time. I don't know. And Switzerland. <laughs> Where would they all go then? Uh, uh, the ones from England went to the Netherlands and to looks like France, uh, and the Welsh went to France. Yeah, so they yeah just, they just went across the pond a little bit. Oh man, no no wonder the Netherlands had such a great economy going into the 1600s. Actually, wait, they, they actually did, but that's beside the yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, they did colonize a lot of shit, so I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but. no, the, I mean, the, the, they, they, the Netherlands... In a, wait, 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 wait a, wait a second. You, you saw the Jews went from England to the Netherlands? Yeah. And then they came back in the mid-1600s? Um, let's, let's do a quick little history lesson here. Do, do, you guys, do you guys have any idea, or any... Would you, would you like to hazard a guess when central banking and the stock market... Or when and where central banking and the stock market were invented? Uh, Netherlands. Do you do you do you know this? It was yeah. It was in the Netherlands in the early 1600s. Both of them <laughs> uh, related to the East India Trade Companies. But I feel like there's a little bit more uh, historical context we might be able to imply. Uh, you know, from as, as new details emerge. <laughs> Got new information, man. <laughs> so you guys ready to hear about uh, Bern, Switzerland? Yeah, I'm excited. All right, so Bern is the capital of uh, Switzerland. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing a bunch of shit in here, but I don't care because stupid European names. So the Jews in Bern engaged in money lending. 
Wow. <laughs> that was their <laughs> very original. Shocker. We weird. You know, it's like, yes, like if you go like, hey, whoa, is that who's that guy? He's like, oh, he's uh German. You know, they came over from Germany. Well, oh, what do they do? There's a different answer every time. Not with well, this I mean, like it's the same job. Probably like fifteen percent of them were money lenders, then the rest were, you know, uh farmers. That is and true. Carpenters. It's not it's it's literally they you know what it is when they when they do say the Jews in Bern engaged in money lending, it's not even fifteen percent. It's like the top three percent. When we are talking about them, we're talking about the top three percent, not the just regular everyday people. They're accountants for the money lenders. <laughs> <laughs> So what happened in Bern? They, uh, the first time they showed up at like 1262, the first time that they're at least mentioned in documentation is showing up and they immediately tried to become moneylenders and were very successful at it. And then in 1293, they started putting, putting them to death, a few of them to death randomly, uh, because they were accused of blood libel, which blood libel is <laughs> uh ritual murder or blood accusation is is an anti-semitic canard so this is specifically for jews which i love this is my favorite like wikipedia because they come to these conclusions which falsely accuses jews of murdering christian boys we don't know what happened but we know that 700 years ago this court case knocked out of the park absolutely they were all Innocent, one hundred percent. None of these accusations ever happened. We know that. Wow, those those Jews must have some really good lawyers to uh, to prove that. Yeah, we we can't agree on what happened with George Floyd, but we know that this murder <laughs> this murder accusation from seven hundred and thirty years ago was absolutely false, and every single one of them was false. So they basically accused him of murdering these Christian boys in uh, a cult blood blood rituals with like for like religious purposes holy shit this is something now, new I, i've never heard of before did, did they not read to the end of the story with abraham and isaac you know there, there's a there's a twist ending <laughs> well the fun part <laughs> the funny part for me is it gets to a point where they're like wait they're killing the children get them does that seem i don't know does that seem like something you recognize today that's starting to happen that we know for sure is false accusations. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're definitely not re- referring to the groomer accusations that are currently going around social media and well, stuff that, like that. And like that. Pizzagate <laughs> shit, and like these people that are running the government are just like, oh yeah, we're we dro- we always dress up in goat heads and do uh, fake sacrifices when we open up a tunnel. I mean, we have to do that. We have to do a <laughs> satanic ritual to dig a tunnel through a mountain. Also the collapse. Wait, so so, but now they're gonna have to come up with a new term other than blood libel to describe all of these non-Jews who are doing all this child sacrificing. <laughs> a whole new yeah, term. Exactly. I love when they call something that is has nothing to do. It doesn't have a racial. Uh, there's nothing racial about it. Like blood libel. This this thing that they're accused of is not like jews that kill christians like it's not what it means it's literally like ritual murder like occultic like ritual murder which happens in lots of things them coming out and saying that's anti-semitic is like admitting that it happens like yeah it's a leap that no one made but them until they made it for everyone to like perceive it that way right they'd be like who are these guys having sex with these fat white women and black guys like that's racist it's like well you're just kind of admitting that it's you i didn't say that it was you <laughs> you know what i mean like it's crazy yeah good. it's like when they, all these articles are like being anti-porn is anti-semitic being anti-war is anti-semitic and you're like what are you guys claiming responsibility for porn and war i mean i Thank you for being honest, but I mean, come on. Oh, God. Um, so then uh, other things they were accused of at that time was uh, they're poisoning wells, apparently. Uh, that Well, that was the claim. But of course, we know 100% fact that that was false. This is just the Black Plague. What if the Black Plague was yep. literally just Jews poisoning wells? Just, like, think how funny that would be. That'd be horrifying. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, but can you imagine? Like, they just I mean, made up a whole 
flag, but they were really just writing letters to each other in Hebrew, like dump this in there. <laughs> you well, know what well, I mean? I'm thinking that that should be really embarrassing for like the Chinese and CDC scientists who completely failed at their plague. What are you talking about? I didn't poison this well. <laughs> this this is a Goldman well. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I had terrorism insurance for if anybody poisons the well, but. <laughs> I know I, I recovered <laughs> 10 times the the value of the well, and I still own it, and I'm making you rebuild it, but obviously I didn't poison it. What a victim. I can't believe such terrible things happened to the, the, the nice Goldman family. I know. <laughs> no, it's not a Goldman well. That's a Silverstein well. It was a Silverstein well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Too fucking funny. So then they get allowed back. This part made me laugh. So they get allowed back after getting kicked out in 1292, like 30, no, 50 years later, 13, like 40. A Adolf of Nassau is who permitted them back. So a guy let them back named Adolf, which I thought was hilarious. He was a Roman yeah. king for a minute. But how what they did, so they kicked them out. Then they let them back in. But the, the, if you want to come in, you have to pay 1,500 marks. And anybody that owes you debts is cleared. So again, it's Holy just another situation shit. where they're trying to wipe out these overwhelming predatory loans. That these, yeah, predatory loans, predatory loans. Every time they have to, so <laughs> they 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 aren't kicking all the Jews out. That's the thing that's so funny about these. I don't think they're kicking all the Jews out. I think they're literally just kicking. They're well, they're the, it's an effective way. Jews. Yeah, it's an effective way to wipe all these all these loans off the table. And it's like, well, who yeah. cares? We're going to take everything from you and kick you out of the country. Like, there's no more contract. You can come like, back, but you got to pay us money, and yeah. no one owes you any money anymore. So I don't think they're expelling the Jews. They're literally expelling a couple top-ranking Jews, and then those guys are like, oh, my God, hit the presses. It, it, all the Jews are being murdered. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's what literally what happened, and that's it. And it happens over and over and over again. Holy shit. I don't know if they've ever been, like, mass expelled. To be honest, the closest one is, you know, a different Adolf. No, there, there's a few of them here. I was going through the list and there's, yeah, there, there's quite a Are few. Are there a few mass where, expellings? Yeah. Yeah. There, there's quite, there's quite a few of them. <laughs> so then they start making a comeback, but they had to pay, you know, to get back in. Yeah. So it's not yeah, a yeah. small following, but they come back real hard after the French revolution. They, uh, a lot of them pieced out to Switzerland during that. And, um, they were allowed to engage in commerce again at the tail end, right at the start of the 19th century. So right around 1800. And um, they had a rule where they required a special license and they were obligated to keep accounts in German or French instead of Hebrew. <laughs> they made So they made the restrictions because they were cooking the books by writing everything in Hebrew. Right. <laughs> Which so they I had assume... to make laws, special laws that they couldn't write it in Hebrew. And then those restrictions. And again, you let them control the money for 50 years. And all of a sudden they pay the right people. And those restrictions are removed in 1846. Oh, my God. You, you can keep, you can keep all the records and do all the math in the same language. Uh, as long as you don't teach the populist math. Uh, let me introduce this little thing called a common core. <laughs> Josh, get the fuck out of here. They're not <laughs> using the same number system. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> it was a joke, but so here's a fun timeline that just completely symbolizes every single one of these arcs that they have. So they get enough power to be able to remove the restrictions of having to write it in German and French. Just just that's what it is. You have to write it in the language everyone's speaking at the time. 1846, that's removed. An organized Jewish community was officially established in 1848. So within two years, they got it. Then they I have a synagogue built and consecrated by 1855, cemetery in 1871, a giant super synagogue in 1906, which is still in the use 100 years later. Uh, I don't know if it still is now. And yeah, so they just like swooped in super hard and, and financially then, took over the, the fucking place jesus christ well then they start taking then the, they have Bern university was uh one of the first german-speaking universities that allowed jewish lecturers to actually work there without requiring a change of professed faith um <laughs> and then many jews subsequently held academic positions there this was all they just like took over the whole fucking university practically by night by 1900 and then 
there was a famous trial in Bern in 1930. This is where we come all the way around. You can see how far it goes out of hand once they control all the money. So less than 100 years from just being allowed to do their books in a language no one can understand, they have a trial which they proved that the Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion, Zion was a forgery and had nothing to do... There was no ties to any rabbis. Like, they proved what? it in Bern in the 30s. <laughs> in in the university, you mean? Like the historians, the Jewish historians? It's in the city, but I'm sure the, the, the university uh, ha had a lot of people coming to, Working to on it. present that proof. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. It's just funny that it's in this city... They get expelled. They have all these restrictions placed on them for 500 years. And then it's like they the restrictions are removed. You can cook the books again in uh, whatever goofy language that we can't read you want. And then it's like and then they took everything over in 70, 80 years. Oh, my God. Every time. <sighs> well, I have to hand it to them. I mean, they're like the thing that they're great is that uh, is with the nepotism. And they've somehow got uh, the trick that worked is just perpetual victimhood so that no one can you have to be like we have to be completely uh we have to indulge in nepotism and and xenophobia because so just you'll out kill us other. if you don't yeah exactly like it's the only way we've survived like that's how they do it <laughs> and then they trick everyone else into thinking they're evil if they do the same thing so that they can farm them because they're goy you know like that's it's so brilliant like, I really do respect that, Like except for the, the tricky part. They don't have to do the tricking. They can just do the first <laughs> nepotism part. Like, that's fine. Right. That, that's fine. You don't, you don't do need it predatory loans. of other people. Yeah. yeah. It, just remove the predatory loans. Everyone else does nepotism. That's okay. Everyone hates predatory loans. Would you fucking understand that? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Muhammad so, yeah, put that... Muhammad put that in his religion. And he's like, his like, interest rates are, like, expressly forbidden. Usury is like was expressly forbidden. They had in England for Christianity at some point. I'm sure other you know other areas, other Christian areas as well. So yeah, Christianity used to be super based. It's it basically Christianity used to resemble a lot more like what you think Muslims look like now. Like the yeah. married men wore huge beards, you know, beards down to their dick, just giant awesome beards. And then and, it became Judeo Christianity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when did that happen? When did that happen? <laughs> we have to get back to our Islamo Christian roots. <laughs> we need to start using that phrase more often. <laughs> Islamo Christianity. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I really I like that one on multiple levels. All right. Like so too, you know, Islam came after, but whatever. <laughs> so for my story, I picked something a little bit more recent. Uh, not the Roman Empire, uh, but it's actually something that happened in the United States during the Civil War. So at that time, Ulysses Grant was a general for the Union Army fighting the South. And they had like this weird, like very weird situation going on at, you know, between the Southerners. Southern border uh, colonies had cotton and the North had like the mills to actually turn that into like textiles and stuff like that. So like there had to be some trade going on between the North and the South. Right. And so like, this was like a contested area. It was supposed to be like controlled through the, via the military controlled via the military through permits. Right. And so the military handed out these permits. Grant was personally handing out the permits, but that started an underground market of people just smuggling across like battle zones and going from South to North, North to South, like unadulterated, you know, and so they started having like this illegal cotton trade that was going on. So General Grant, Gee, who was running the bootlegged cotton <sighs> trade, <Oy vey. laughs> General Grant issued General Order Number Eleven. The order expelled all Jews from Grant's military district, comprising areas of Tennessee, Mississippi, and Kentucky. Grant issued the order in an effort to reduce Union military corruption and stop illicit trade of Southern cotton which Grant thought was being run mostly by Jews and other unprincipled traders. Unprincipled? <laughs> what? 
extensive cotton trade between the north and the south, northern textile mills in New York, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so they needed each other for economic survival. The U.S. Department of Defense was like, or like the military was basically saying, no, stop it. It's prolonging the war. And like politicians were like, no, don't stop it. We actually need the money to flow to keep the war going or to like actually win the war. So wait, wait. So, so what I'm hearing is uh, that, well, actually, what, what was the real impact of bootleg cotton trading? Why, why does it like actually matter? Uh, because it was like the the main focus on like the South being able to to afford what they're doing for the war efforts because like cotton was like their main oh, industry see. and so I mean like the North needed it too but not as much and so it was much more crippling for the Southerners to not be able to sell their cotton. Yeah, so the North army, the Northern army had to st- try to stop the illegal trade of yeah. cotton to the Northern factories. And, and w- which is interesting to hear because they mentioned Jewish traders were among those uh, involved in the cotton trade. Some merchants had been active in the cotton trade business for generations in the South. Others were more recent immigrants to the North. So what, what they really don't tell you in that, in that statement is that they're, they were involved in the slave trade business for generations as well. That was another thing that they had uh, conveniently left out of that top that sentence there, and in those like footnotes on Wikipedia. So yeah, all those all those Gold Coast merchant ships that were bringing whenever there were where they were bringing slaves over were fucking Jewish ships like seventy five percent of the time. <laughs> they Wait, were the but, merchants. But Jews, yeah. Jews are people of color. They can't do that. Yeah, they wouldn't do that. That would be racist. So what was it? Uh, traders were allowed permits as as long as the traders did not cross into Confederate held territory. Grant found this difficult to enforce while he tried to stop cotton traders, including Jewish traders, from moving south with his army. The practice of cotton smuggling made him very fucking mad, and he criticized Jewish traders mostly. Uh, although Jewish tra- uh, the Jewish traders involved. Oh, I'm sorry. They're they're trying to say here that it wasn't just Jewish traders involved. There were also yeah, non-Jewish so, traders involved. So he, well, yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking where it's going. Like he expelled the Jews, but the problem wasn't solved because it was a bunch of false accusations for the most part. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then the South just remained rich and won the war because of it, because of his blind racism and not stopping all the real bootleggers. So it, it, it got kind of yes. heated. There was a, a bunch of, uh, you know, he, he was basically on like the front line of the battlefield, completely regulating like the, the flow of, of like the cotton trade, basically. So he got to see like first and foremost who was doing the cotton smuggling. And of course, this is why he was so upset with the Jews was because it was all Jewish traders that were like smuggling the cotton between like the battlefronts. So he was all pissed off. But there was a plan. There was a plan because his dad, who was really uh, his dad, Jesse Grant, was friends with the Mac brothers, a Jewish clothing contractors in the north. So he's enforcing this like this trade embargo of cotton during the Civil War. He gets a visit from his father, Jesse Grant, and these two Jewish uh, clothing contractors while he's at like a base camp, right? This is in the middle of the civil war. He gets visited by his father and these two guys. And then he finds out it was a couple of days of just like, you know, holding guests with each other. He finds out that the, the two brothers had made a deal with Grant's father saying that whatever cotton that we can get out of the South, we can make clothes for the union army. And then I'll give you your family 25% of the profits made off of that, off of that trade. It pissed off Grant so much that he oh immediately God. kicked them out of his house. <laughs> and like, That's and an expulsion. His, and, and his, he was so pissed off at his dad. He kicked out his dad too. So it was literally like these like grubby little fucking assholes being like, oh, well, you know, like we can still make a dime here and there's, there's still money in it for you. Right. And so I, I assume that this was going on at like every level. They were bribing people. Like Aaron was saying, bribing the highest echelon of the government to be able to continue their trade deals the entire time. Of course. And a, a lot, the union guys and even the Southern guys, they all considered them sharks, basically. Like, no one had respect for them. Like, literally no one. They they just... That's why kings are dangerous. We need to go back to kings. <laughs> you get one guy that won't be bribed, and he's just like, no. Then you're in trouble. I'm really worried right now that all this student loan forgiveness stuff uh, from Biden that like there there might be some secret behind the scenes tactics going on to get it to get it to happen. Yeah. So there there was a bunch of 
high-ranking people with connections in the Jewish community in America and, what was it, a group of Jewish merchants who were expelled from Kentucky. Uh, they went and they wrote uh, Abraham Lincoln a letter, and they wrote, the grossest violation of the Constitution and our rights as good citizens under it. Not the slavery thing, but them being expelled from doing <laughs> cotton trading. That was... From doing <laughs> underground <laughs> cotton trading during yeah. a war. Some good, For good, unprincipled Selling citizens. the goods of a fucking literal enemy and crossing the war lines with right. the goods. Right. That's the worst thing. That's the worst offense. <laughs> he told Abraham Lincoln. It's always been like this. They like yeah. complain to your manager like no one ever until they annoy people into being like, fine, have what you want. And they're like, oh, yeah, I really struck a deal. <laughs> Wait, yeah. so, so what, what ended up happening? Were uh, the Jews successfully expelled from the tri-state area? And where oh, yeah. During the war, probably. Yeah, That's yeah. probably all. Because Grant was still, like, the person in charge of, like, regulating, like, the, the trade at, like, the warfront, like, border, basically. But uh, there was enough uh, Jews in D.C. to basically, like, talk Abraham Lincoln's ear off and to basically convince Lincoln to tell Grant to resend the order like effective immediately, basically. So like two weeks after um, Grant got that message, I think two or three weeks afterwards, he, he removed the, the order completely and they allowed the traders <laughs> to continue to smuggle cotton illegally. <laughs> so oh literally it's what we said. It's not all yeah. the, in all three of these examples. It's not like the whole population of Jews though. It's like the no, guys yeah. that run the bank and the, and the, smugglers like the literal smugglers right like there's so, a war going so, on people are fighting for their future and they're like oh you want to do a cotton trade <laughs> and then <laughs> fuck articles do they writing letters to the president about yeah. how all the jews are being persecuted when it's like fucking 20 guys with a smuggling operation they they wrote what, what i'm go ahead what i'm taking from this is that a, a lot of people with the, the foundational history of america try to focus on the Freemasons as being this behind the scenes secret society that's this pulling the strings. But I, I feel like after as as you know, new information is uncovered, uh Bob might might have a secondary, if not primary, secret society to point to for a lot of these uh, <laughs> uh goings on like going goings right. on in or, you know early American history. We're we're crossing that line of point of no return, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're crossing it for us. Thank you. You're welcome. But yeah, that's my story of the Jewish ban of the Civil War, which I found I had no idea about. I had no idea that the... I never even heard that story before, yeah. Apparently it's like well-documented. Dude, I'm going to go tear down a statue of, of Grant now. Just in Well, he got a lot of pushback. <laughs> Respect. He got a lot of pushback when he was running for president on, on the topic too and he had to like resend it a little bit and he was like no i love all makes and models of of american people basically like <laughs> well of course you know, he's the like typical po like politician smuggling during the war <laughs> you were yeah you were funding the southern war effort <laughs> i didn't even you kill you i just made you stop smuggling <laughs> shut up like and then he, he has to deal with this a decade later in his presidency we can't trade. This is the grossest violation of the Constitution of our rights as good citizens under it. This is what I mean. It, it, is, it literally is. It's the top 3% of them or like top, even top 1%. This was a story of 30 guys, max, getting right. banned. Their smuggling operation, not even shut down, pa put on pause slightly. For like two weeks. For a war. <laughs> For a yeah. war, yeah. You can <laughs> two, two weeks to... to Stop the curve. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's funny how is it, if it's not fucking predatory loans, it's like underhanded deals and like smuggling that that they're involved in. So but that's the thing. Then they go to the president and they act like it's everyone's anti-Semitic, though. And they right. just it's so it's these 30 guys using the entire Jewish population as this giant liability shield and slash weapon to just weaponize them against any of their enemies. Like, can you believe what they're doing to us? And then they get to start their operation again because they get enough of them to yell about it. It's crazy. They've been, it's the same play. They've been running the same play for a thousand years. All right. And I, I believe we have a very recent story of Jew expulsion. 
right? Oh, Aaron? you know what? No, let's let's do that uh, next week. Actually, okay. <laughs> this week, what I I would really I have a story for you guys that I, you know, I can't do it justice. So I want Bob to play play the story for us. Uh, he's responding to a comment of a lady named Maggie that's saying like, "I will never take the vax," you know, something one of those. So. I have not got the jab, nor do I ever intend to. So now this guy's response. Hey, Maggie, I have some news for you. You might find this quite alarming. My family is the Chef Boyardee family. We also invented the Pfizer vaccine. Chef Boyardee used to be owned by a company called American Home Products, which used to own Wyeth Laboratories. Wyeth Laboratories got spun off to become Pfizer. My family funded that part of the medical division to create the vaccine. I can assure you this one thing. We didn't need to stick the vaccine in your arm. If we wanted to create a new world order, we just stuck it in our food division, which got spun off to ConAgra. One way or the other, you're getting it. Okay. Oh, no, they poisoned the water supply. No. (laughs) Now. Josh. Josh! (laughs) Oh, yeah. God damn it. I'm sad I missed that. (laughs) Guess we got to make it 110. (laughs) (laughs) Not the water supply. So this guy, his claim is now this is the part I can't verify at all. His account got immediately removed off of TikTok like two days after he made that video. He's claiming that he is a descendant of the Chef Boyardee family of all the fucking families in the world. The SpaghettiO. He's like a he's SpaghettiO adjacent and he's making this fucking psychotic (laughs) claim now. The part of all those different sister companies all being involved, that I was able to verify. That's all true. Okay. Okay. So he was right about all that. But this is what I'm thinking, because he's this fat bearded, just total dickhead. His account was literally just mostly arguing with people about why abortions are awesome and why the vaccine is awesome. In my mind, there's three possibilities with this. One is everything he said is 100% true. They're really putting fucking weird New World Order vaccine drug in your fucking Chef Boyardee through Conagra. I think the chance of that is like less than 1%. Okay. That's the part where I'm like, this guy is, I, that's not, this is not the part. He's not a Chef Boy, Boyardee heir that, right. is, that is in on all this information. Second possibility. He is related to the Chef Boyardee family, but like distantly. So he knows about some of this shit. But it doesn't look like he lives in a mansion or anything. He's not involved in any fucking weird New World Order, high socialite clubs. And he's just being a he's being a dick about it and acting like he's like in the meeting room. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like, oh, he when he, he's got all the, the information. It's like, well, he's the third cousin of whoever's yeah. <laughs> got the Chef Boyardee money. You know, like he's yeah. one of those. He, he's um, just like the drunk at the bar that likes to boast about like anything that he like he could possibly think of. Yeah, and, and the, the third possibility I think is that he's not related to the Chef Boyardee family at all. He's the wokest retard ever, and just made up this nonsense story by connecting three. He just did three degrees to Pfizer, like you would with like Kevin Bacon, like six degrees yeah. to Kevin Bacon. He was like, "Let's do three degrees from Pfizer." And what's the silliest company? Oh, Chef Boyardee. Now here's this dumb connect the dots story I did, and then just made the whole thing up. I think it's kind of a mix of the two, in my opinion. I think this guy is like a third cousin of a fat of a of the Chef Boyardee family, and then just made up a story because yeah. he's so. He, dude, he spends his whole day arguing with people about why the Vax is awesome, and then eventually he just snapped, and I think he's just like, you're going to get it no matter what. <laughs> and it's just like... It looks like a low-effort boomer troll, right? Like, he, he's yeah. trying to troll people on the internet, but he doesn't really... doesn't know how. I don't think he's trying to troll them. I think he's literally just trying to scare them into, like, you, you have, you're going to agree with me no matter what, because... 
with a snap of my finger, the Chef Boyardee Mafia will come <laughs> out and, and force feed you. No, Chef Boyardee is definitely trying to kill people with their food. I'll, I'll agree with oh, that. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not, I, not healthy food. I don't think I've had a can of Chef Boyardee anything since I was a five. Child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> I think there was a no agenda segment on it. There's this new new movement or new promotion of uh, food is medicine. Uh, Bob, do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I don't. Healthy. It's it's not about that actually. Yeah, I don't remember the specifics of that topic though. I do remember hearing about it. Okay. Um, I, I'm forgetting some of the specifics too, but I, I'm imagining it well, as uh, th- this if if what this guy is saying has any truth to it that there's uh this could be one rendition of that promotion oh yeah. them putting medicine in your food or whatever yes right yeah i bet they do uh, kind of shit with genetic modifying and stuff all the time but i just don't think this guy like so people are freaking out because they're like you know what he's saying let's just say whether it's true or not the the way that he thinks things should work is fucking psychotic. Like he's Lex Luthor, you know what I mean? Like, whether you want it or not, you'll get my Jeff Boyardee vaccine. Fuck uh, you! Like, like wait, that's I, a crazy way to go about living, you know, your life. I'm sure uh, the same conversation about fluoride happened like 150 years ago or something, <laughs> right? Uh, and and the third cousin of the fucking CEO of the aluminum company was like. Fuck you! You will put a fluoride right in your fucking well. And then they're like, "All right, gotta get them out of here. Get back in your merchant caravan and take your fluoride and get the fuck out of here." I'm just a humble fluoride merchant. Yeah, <laughs> this is the worst thing that's happened since slavery. You know what? Nay, worse than slavery. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think the boomer joke, the boomer troll is on point too. Cause I'm imagining like a a comic book artist who'd be like, "Ooh, I I sold this white supremacist a sketch of Trump, and then I went and took that money and donated it to a, a trans children charity." Ooh, I bet you're freaking out now. Yeah, I know, and that's, right. that's what it feels yeah. like to me. I feel like this would worry a bunch of like of my aunts and uncles who are all boomers and like retired boomer and... conspiracy uncles. Yeah, uh, dude, yeah. That, that's, that's the people that are being like that are freaking out about it. So right. Somebody. The reason it got to my attention is that somebody randomly on TikTok is like 50 year old woman on TikTok was like, have you seen this? And I was like, I watched it. She's like, what's your what's your opinion on this? And I was just like, it's hey. dumb. He's a fat idiot that thinks that like Chef Boyardee is royalty. You know what I mean? Like right. that's <laughs> think of the person that the person that thinks that Chef Boyardee is like a, a real predominant family you want to be part of is like the comic book guy from The Simpsons. You know, like <laughs> that's the type of guy that would be like, oh, my God, Chef Boyardee. Ooh, la, yeah. La. The- this is like akin to like finding any relevance in like some like family history or something you've done in your past. Is it's like the it amounts to like stuttering John still talking about being on Howard Stern after he's been jobless for like over a decade. You know what I mean? Like that that's like the level here. He's like, well, I'm you know I'm I'm in this really important family because we made Chef Boyardee. Like, yeah, I'm technically like fourth cousin with like the Kennedys. Like. Yeah. <laughs> On my grandpa Brummer's <laughs> side, like my mom's dad's side, but it's like I'm so far from the fucking fam, the tree with the money that I'm not. It doesn't in matter, that fucking but family. Yeah, you, you have bragging rights though. You can just be like, oh yeah, like I'm a fucking Kennedy. Fuck that. Get on TikTok and be like, we put it in your whiskey. Fuck you. <laughs> the vaccines and all the whiskey. That's, yeah, that's how that would play out. Yes. Yeah, and if I, I was a fucking to... fat loser with trying to scare people on the internet, because I'm, oh god, I hate that guy sucks, and his account did get removed, so it started getting traction. Maybe the real Chef Boyardees are like, we don't know that guy. Oh, fuck <laughs> or, off of here. Or they're like, holy shit, he's telling everyone. <laughs> he knew the plan. He knows the plan. Yeah. That's definitely it, Aaron. Aaron, you need like a screening process for when people come to you and ask your opinion on a weird conspiracy. I think the last one was like the Watch the Water documentary. Yeah, and, Watch uh, the Water was great. That one, it was like fucking thirty people messaged me. It was insane. I was like, what the fuck is this documentary that everyone's freaking out about? It was entertaining. A lot of venom alarmist. That was a good one. 
that was great. Yeah, it was. And for the first 20 minutes, you're like, it's retarded, oh, but like believable something? at the same time for like the first 20 minutes. And then it gets off the rails and you start thinking about it. And you're like, it's not a poisoning thing. It's just not. Cats would be dead. It's not poisoning. Like your family pets would die like the small ones first. Right. Well, are we feeding them Chef Boyardee? What's going on? No, no, no. <laughs> water, water. Oh, okay, the snake yeah. venom in the water. <laughs> All right. And next up we have... You need to know what science discovered. You need to know today. Whether it's face or bones uncovered, it's definitely fake and gay. Scientists grow synthetic embryo with brain and beating heart without eggs or sperm. Guess what they did use, Aaron? Oh, wait, wait, what? <laughs> Guess what they wait, did hold use? On. Hold on, I, I want to I wanna think about this. This picture looks just like an ultrasound of a real baby. Is yeah. that what you, oh, Josh, stop laughing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, first of all, I'm assuming that this isn't even what I think it is because this is never going to become a living thing. So they, they can claim it whatever they want, but what I imagine is, like, can you imagine if they really did, though, and it does grow up? It would look like the half ostrich, half boy from, like, that, like, PETA episode of South Park that's just like, kill me. <laughs> Every <laughs> second I live is in pain. <laughs> yeah. I'm an abomination. <laughs> Uh, scientists from the University of Cambridge have created model embryos from mouse stem cells that form a brain, a beating heartbeat, and the foundations of all the other organs of the body. It represents a new avenue for recreating the first stages of life. So that sounds yeah, sounds we have like cloning. Life to me, we brain did it. Right. Beating heart, right? Just, I can't wait. Well, we don't clone from DNA. We clone from stem cells. Right stem now, stem cells. Yes. Yes. And all we've done is create an embryo, apparently, with a brain and beating heart and not actually grown a mouse out of it yet. Well, it's exactly. It's very suspicious. So it dies instantly. (laughs) Yeah, it withers away and you can see the the soul, like, escape out of it. Yeah, it it doesn't have one. That's why. It needs that soul to fucking power up like an energizer. Yeah. It goes to sleep and never wakes up. There's nothing to interface with you with you back out of the sleep world. So the picture that that Josh was talking about here, Josh, can you kind of describe it? What you're looking at? Oh man, imagine green. like a, a a green peanut, but it's smudged and has a tumor or a little sprout growing <laughs> out of, of one end. It does look like a, a moldy cashew, like the moldiest cashew. Yeah, of that's all that's time. it. Yeah. So like it's, that, it started growing mold and this is but, six years later of it moving moldy. But like we need to point like. out because that is like the latest stage of development that they would release a photo of, which is like nothing. It's like literally like less than like the first week or this something isn't like that. Even a photo, I bet. Uh, natural and synthetic embryos side by side show comparable brain and heart functions. Yeah. I, I don't credit know who. Wait, credit who? Um, I think those are the people who did the paper. Like that. Yeah, because they don't say people. photograph. Like I swear right. to God, if they don't say photograph, it never actually is. Yeah, they don't actually. They're say. just crediting artists. They could be like what they expect it to look like. Yeah, but the the premise is if if they if it had grown naturally, larger and like actually like made full things like that that would be the news the like the late breaking thing. So these things obviously like broke down shortly after this stage that we see here into something that's like not recognizable or completely like unfunctioning right this doesn't even look like it has a brain and and whatever they said like a brain and heart it literally looks like they took two stem cells and mashed them together and said look it's a thing and then like <laughs> it, it ah it died dang it but, yeah we need think- that grant money now We've come far past the uh, archaic ways that are Frankenstein. Like, you know, authors and scientists back then couldn't even imagine our attempts, our sophisticated attempts at trying to create life now. Oh, that sucks because they'd have to imagine it because it's all imaginary. (laughs) And also, now that we have the technology, we can grow clones for hearts, livers, replacement organs, transplants. Things I'm like sure that. we're on that right uh, now, ima- yeah. right? Imagine in like 20 years from now when you have like a thousand 
like clones of like Mark Zuckerberg or like any other billionaire walking around that are like missing kidneys and shit like that. Like <laughs> you don't have to worry about it because they always say they're about to be done cloning stuff in 20 years. Yeah. They've been saying that for 30 years. I, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but what about Dolly the sheep? Yeah. Like, what, what oh, yeah. Was. And it's always in China, right? China is always at the cutting edge I, of I think the there cloning was the technology. No, those are the one in the UK. Those are like the human hybrids China's really good at. Oh, the CRISPR stuff or the... Yeah. Oh, well, that's Alex clones. Jones, but yeah. they, they also just do regular cloning like okay. all the time. They're like... Because you know what they use the China... They would used to, at least, they used to use the uh, China articles for we're so backwards, they don't have any restrictions on their science, and that's why they're ahead of us in the cloning game. If it wasn't for these Christian fundamentalists, we'd be able to harvest all the stem cells we need. We'd already be living forever and flying in cars. Like that's how they drum up like the pro science religion as a religion. People, is they right. just say, if it wasn't for these Christians, we'd all be immortal by now. <laughs> I uh, Bob Bob brought up something uh pretty pretty interesting where th- this this technology feasibly could be used to grow uh, replacement organs for people, but. Um, you know, at, at this point, they, they must like not keep up with the, the scientific journals because we already solved that problem. We have pig hearts. Why? Why do we need these lab grown stem cell hearts? Well, because, well, Josh, there's obviously other organs that we need to replace, right? Like a liver. You can't just replace your liver with like a fucking pig liver. The only thing the, the only thing that works with like the pig not. heart yeah, the Picard didn't even last that long. That guy died. That guy did die. Like a week later. No, Unrelated it was, causes. It was, it was like a few months. It was like a COVID. couple months, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> they're hitting it from both fronts, but they, you know, they really want a reason to use a bunch of stem cells for literally no reason. Yeah, they, this is a pitch <laughs> to fucking get to sell fetus parts. This has nothing to do with anything this article says. We, we can save so many lives by killing more people like that. <laughs> it's like the vicious yeah. cycle. That's how they do yeah. it all the time. Yep, man-made horrors. One, one day, beyond your imagination. One one day, those uh, aborted embryonic stem cells could be a real human. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> your unborn, your unborn child. If only, if only science could advance far enough to make that po- that dream a reality, Josh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So and... we uh, wrap up with some voice voicemails. Yep, a Rooney. First up, we got some moon conspiracy voicemail voicemail going on. What if, like, the first astronaut, like Buzz Aldrin and them, they really did get into a pod and they trained for all this shit and they were fucking with levers in the pod, but what happened was they just, like, opened a fucking studio door and rolled them down the hill somewhere in California into another studio that looked like the moon. And then when they got out, they're like, oh, holy fuck, we got here. <laughs> So, Aaron, what do yeah, you think about that? I mean, other than the fact that they would still see the cameraman and, and all the others. The stuff, gravity wouldn't have changed. That's <laughs> much more believable than the actual story of them landing <laughs> on the moon. No, it's not. Gob, gob. You can't just pretend it's low gravity unless you dumped them in a pool and were like, okay, jump outside now. I don't know. Buzz Aldrin was hammered all the time. He probably drunk that whole mission. He snuck a bunch of bottles on with him. <laughs> He didn't know. He, he, he woke up like, yeah, he's like, oh, God, what happened? Like, we made it. We landed on the moon. He's like, holy no shit. shit. Good job, boys. <laughs> Anyone yeah, check outside? Like, can, you, can you hop in a straight line? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think so. Sorry. And then we have Bobby. Bobby needs a little help. Okay, hear me out. Ted Kaczynski was actually a bad guy. And taxation is good. I'm not being gang stalked right now. That was all a joke. No need to call the police. Um, that's all. I just really think you guys should spread more awareness for how useful the government is. Uh, bye. Is he doing fucking Morse code to us? <laughs> he was. He was. Was he SOSing Morse code? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's SOS, but yes. Let's uh let's well, get Bobby. Away. Unfortunately for you, I don't I am not concerned with your health or safety. So <laughs> no call is coming. You called the wrong number. 
<laughs> I'm not calling on that welfare check. <laughs> but he brings up a good point, which is we definitely need to talk about the Unabomber because I don't know shit about what the Unabomber believed in. I have only what? heard that he he just loved blowing stuff up. Right. And that he was bad. That's all I know about the Unabomber. So I, I should look into the Unabomber. Uh, yeah, you you need to read Ted Ted's uh, manifesto. It, there's some good stuff in there. All right. We'll have to dedicate a whole ep- Yeah. We'll have to do a whole episode on that because it seems like a deep dive. Yeah. We haven't we haven't did any deep dive into a single manifesto on the show yet, have we? No? No, we I think like, we've run like actual man- manifestos. We, we, we mentioned like that we went through a couple points of that goofy one. We did one through of the, the Christchurch one. Uh, mm, okay. We did copy the Christchurch one or something. That was it. Yeah, somebody copied the Christchurch one. I think the top shooter. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was it. And then we went through the Christchurch manifesto. We've done a couple manifestos. They're only okay. the only ones I remember, though. Yeah. Okay. I, know, I know that seems like, you know, scary and unhinged at the time, but, ooh, the Ted Kaczynski's, that's going to, that, that's real, real dark stuff, man. Eh. I'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> Tune in next time on OK. Yeah, that really dark stuff as we just <laughs> we just giggled as we learned about the Jews being expelled. <laughs> Let me guess, it wasn't for their manual labor jobs that rebuilt the country, and they just hated for no reason. They were oh money lenders again. Jeez, we got to kick out all the stonemasons out of the country again, guys. That's why they always <laughs> let them back twenty years later. That's why I was so confused. I'm like. Why do they always let them back so quickly? Like in a lot of these situations, and it's literally just because you're clearing. Well, as soon as they clear the bank books, they start it back over again. They don't. It's yep. And it's not. They didn't kick the Jews out. They kicked twenty guys out that ran the banks. The slap on the wrist. Yeah, this is all a scam. I don't even think they got kicked out of 109 countries anymore. To be honest. Well, I'm, that's I'm the no conspiracy. No Semitic. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll, we'll have to go through every one of those 109 until you believe us, okay? It was a conspiracy this whole time. Have a good night. Yeah, I'm looking forward to episode 110, where we try to make it 110, if you know what I mean. You catch my drift. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six million, million. Feeling documented. Doubt it now, doubt it now. Dumb and anti-Semite. Where you gonna rank it?